0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hey everyone, I'm Rob Black. How are you? Good day, good day, good day. Let's talk about investing. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. This has been, I get through bouts of insomnia and it crushes my life to the point that it's, it's incredibly discouraging and when i go through bouts of insomnia i try to like hide myself away from other people so I don't wake up uh family members dogs neighbors anything like that so i'll watch a little bit of sports center in the middle of the night at like volume one or two so you can barely hear it and one of the things that i've noticed recently there's a big greatest of all time debate going on right now who's the greatest is it brawn or is it Kobe? Or is it Michael Jordan? And uh, I'm just surprised that our society is so set up in just an absolutely hilarious way that we idolize sports figures, and we actually have talk shows about the idols that you know we think about. And our idols are not what they used to be. Our idols are now six foot six, incredibly powerful people who can move, run, jump, fast, swim, everything. Right. So yeah, a little bit of March Madness, a little bit of Greatest of All Time. It got me thinking, like. What can I do a show on to really teach you a little bit about investing? And could we do a, a round of 64? There's no way. There's no way I'm going to go over 64 stocks in one day. But I, I, can get, I can give you an idea of how to learn to invest in stocks. And this is probably best for your kids, not necessarily for you. Because at some point in time, you just kind of got to say, I, I'm a little late in the game. I'm not going to be a stock picker. You can pick your nose. You can pick your friends. but you can't pick your friends' nose, you're, you're you're too old to be a stock picker if you're not doing it yet already full-time as a job. And it is full-time as a job. So, One of my favorite companies, and a company that I own, is a company called Nike. Who would you pair Nike against if you were trying to find the greatest of all time? You'd probably want to compare them against another shoe company, right? Which one should you buy? Well, you can't make a decision until you look at the numbers, in my opinion. You look at the price-to-sales numbers, you look at the price-to-earnings numbers, you look at the forward earnings, you look at the history of the company, do they have histories of surprising the upside, downside, are they conservative when they tell you that they're going to grow at 10%. And they really grew at 13% or do they not have a good handle on their business when they say they're going to grow at 10% and they really grow at 7%? So you can kind of see where this is going, right? So Nike, let's talk about Nike versus Adidas. And we'll start with Adidas first and foremost. Um, Adidas, obviously, I don't know if you know this, they're German. What What do I think about Germany? I don't like it. Don't like the language. Don't like the people. There's something wrong with me. I've got a bias towards... uh, Oh, I just said it. It's starting to come out. I was going to say Nazis. So I don't like Germany, right? And the German sportswear company, Adidas, sells sports shoes. And for the record, I'm kidding. When I say, you know, you can't trust Greece, I'm I'm kidding. It's infotainment. So they sell shoes. They sell apparel. They sell equipment. They got the three-stripe logo, which you'll see all over the German national team in soccer. Who, again, I root against. I don't know why. But I do. So they're in football, they're in soccer, they're in basketball, they're in running, they're in training gear. Um, their founder, Adi Dossler, brother of Puma creator Rudy, began making shoes in Germany in the early 1920s. Isn't that fascinating? Not really. <laughs> I made shoes in Germany. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all day. Look at their sales of about 30 billion a year, 25 billion in 2017. Um, good profits. But then you have to like say, let's compare them to Nike, and how what's their scope? What's their 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 run? Nike was named for the goddess of victory. Who was Adidas named for? I don't think anyone. Right? I'm going to feel bad if like suddenly Adidas was like I don't know. Nike's a, a Greek god, right? So we're going to stick with that story. And we're going to run with it. Nike dominates basketball in the United States. Nike dominates football in the United States. Nike dominates college sports in the United States. And every now and then you'll get a little startup like an Under Armour. Or uh, an Adidas or a Reebok or, uh, you know, L.A. gear. And they make a little bit of headway, right? You know, Under Armour signed Steph Curry because Nike didn't want to be. He has ankle issues. Whoops. They messed that one up. Then they make horrible shoes. And everyone laughs at the Steph Currys. So maybe he should have gone back to Nike, but Under Armour is his team. Nike at one point in time did golf, and they had a guy named Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods dominated the golf scene on Sundays. And as a curious person, I would turn on Sundays to see if, if Tiger was in competition because it was fun to watch. The guy had a cocky cocky jaunt to him. So, Nike has more than 1,000 owned retail stores. And one of the things Nike does really, really well is manufacture. Same thing with Apple, their, their manufacturing prowess is, is second to none. And there's no shame in that. So, Adidas, I think I told you about 28 billion in sales, Nike about 36 billion. And Nike's got Jordan. Talking about the greatest of all time, right? He still comes out with shoes. I'm like, hey, he hasn't played in a long time. But he still comes out with shoes. So in the end, you need to look at the price to earnings ratio, you need to look at the price to sales ratio, you need to look at the profit margins, you need to look at the gross margins, you need to look at the cash flow. How much debt does a company have? Debt to equity. If a company's trying to keep up with um, If a company is trying to keep up with Nike and they're taking on a large amount of debt or if they're one hit wonder, you got to ask yourself, are they one hit wonder? Under Armour has kind of been a one hit wonder with fits and starts. They make very popular clothes, but like Lululemon makes more popular athleta kind of gear. Um, So start comparing companies and you could you could quickly become a pretty good investor, in my opinion. The founder was Adidasler, and that's where Adidas came from. His brother, Rudy. Started Puma. I wonder where Puma came from. (laughs) Are they fast or something? Is that what we're supposed to be implying? You wear their shoes and you'll be fast as Puma. So anyway, what other companies could we compare? And you can't own them all. Warren Buffett once said, pretend you have got a twenty card punch ticket and you can only buy twenty stocks in your lifetime who you can own. And sometimes you're gonna have to come back and say I made a mistake. Like I'll give you a quick example Google versus Yahoo. At one point in time, Google owned the world. At one point in time, Yahoo owned the world. Yahoo was kind of the first one out. And Google kind of followed them. And Yahoo had this portal. They had all this beautiful stuff on their page. Like you could hit sports or finance. You can hit vacations. And it was a portal. You would go to the portal. And Google's like, we're just going to do search. Like You can't just do search. There's a company out there named Yahoo. You got to be like Yahoo. How did it turn out for Yahoo? How did it turn out for Google? So let's talk a little bit about Yahoo. I think it's pretty well known that both were founded by immigrants or children of immigrants. Um, and I think right there, that's one of the reasons we have to like, say, I'm actually okay with this, uh, bringing people to America because of how many jobs and how much technology you know, breakthroughs we've had Yahoo, as we all know now is basically broken up. There's still a U- UK Yahoo. There's still a, a Japan Yahoo, but ultimately Yahoo's owned by Verizon now. And they're just not the company that they used to be, but Yahoo for a while had a lead. In search. Google was too simplified. So, you know, they did message boards, they did e commerce, and much, much more. How much time? Ah, 10 seconds. Um, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial coming back. I'll talk more about the greatest of all times. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves weekday mornings from seven to nine on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW. Biz. I'm doing a little experiment to see if Shazam can pick up the song title through headphones and it can't worthy of note. If any of you ever tried to figure that out anyhow and anyway, um, I like this song because it's got a whistle in it. I like group whistlings. I like crowd sing-alongs. I'm a very simple person. When it comes to companies, I'm a little bit pickier. When it comes to foods, I'm definitely a lot pickier. It's worthy of note, right? Are you with me or against me? Um, Because you really do have to pick a side. It's kind of a civil war. We're doing the greatest of all times, and we're doing kind of like a civil war of companies and talking about uh, which is the best one. Which one should you invest in? Boeing and Airbus come to mind, right? Now, Boeing's been in the news for not-so-good reasons recently. A couple of their planes went down. Does that mean opportunity to buy one of the greatest of all time, plane makers? Or is that one you don't even want to touch? Airbus is tough to buy because it's a foreign-based company, making it much more difficult. But let's talk a little Pepsi and Coke. And I I have a favorite. If I'm going to invest, I have a different one if I'm going to order at a restaurant. Coca-Cola is the number one non-alcoholic beverage company in the world. Stop and think about that for uno momento that's spanish you know for one moment as well as the world's uh, most recognizable brands like they're not only the largest non-alcoholic beverage company but the brands you know coca-cola what's it look like it comes to your head right diet coke fanta sprite and when they didn't own sprite they bought sprite these companies are pretty pretty smart about staying ahead of the game and if you ever go to like a 7-eleven or a, a, a local market talk to them about how pushy coca-cola is and pepsi i had a friend back 20 years ago he he was um he came up with this great idea, and everyone has a great idea, right? Until you actually hear it, and you're like, that's not so great. And it was kind of an African sports drink. And it was going to have, like, African flag colors, and it was, it was meant to kind of crack into the African-American market. And um, it was called something like African Dreams, or I, I can't even think of the name right now. That's, that's off. It's not right. But he was like, I can't crack the stores. I can come up with the best product, and I can't crack the stores. Because Coca-Cola says, if you buy 50 cases, we'll give you 10 cases free. He can't do that. Coca-Cola says, oh, you don't have to pay us for a month. He can't do that. So long story short, that's how they're so powerful because they have shelf space, not only in grocery stores, but in in local markets and 7-Elevens around the world. And when they have a new product that comes out, huh? Um, When a new product comes out and it does well, like, you know, those buy drinks or uh, muscle milks, those kind of drinks, they'll eventually buy them. They'll say, you know, hey, we'll go to the owners and, and get this done. Or they'll come out with a copycat product. So Coca-Cola also owns Minute Maid orange juice, which I've got. here's one of my conspiracy theories. I know you're going to say, here's a conspiracy theory. He's going to tell me about Bigfoot. No, I think orange juice is bad for you. I think it's a, a crazy amount of sugar. And eat an orange. You'll get the fiber. So I think the orange juice industry is really, really powerful. And they spend a lot of money on political donations. And that's why we're like, oh, orange juice is a great way to start the day. It's a great way to rot your teeth when you're a kid. Just That's my opinion. That's my conspiracy theory. I know you're saying, that's not going to make it into a conspiracy theory show. you got to come up with something bigger like that. Did did they kill anyone? I'll I'll, I'll work on that. So Dasani, Powerade, Honest Tea, Vitamin Water. Vitamin Water. How stupid are Americans? It's just like, um, what's that French drink? Uh, The water drink. Perrier. To the source. Is it from the Swiss Alps? Oh, no. It's from upstate New York, which happens to be on an Indian reservation. And the Indian reservation's just tapping the water, selling it as fast as they can to Perrier. Right? Yes. So Coca-Cola reaches 30 thirsty consumers around the world. 200 countries. Think about that. If you're the CEO and you're visiting all those countries, your passport's got to be a fat passport. That tells you how powerful you are, right? It tells you you've got influence. So 65% of its sales come from outside the United States. So when you buy Coca-Cola. You can go, my kids aren't going to drink Coca-Cola. I'm a good mother. Outside the United States, they're drinking Coca-Cola. And as you keep hearing about China's kind of like their GDP is doing this and that. It, bottom line, poor people are becoming middle class people or lower middle class or upper poor class or what have you. People are working. And when people work, they want little luxuries like Coca-Colas and Pepsis. So tell you about a little bit about the Pepsi company real quick. They make Mountain Dew, Tropicana, Gatorade. Gatorade, there's another hoax. So... Although they they have made right. They've now finally made a sugar-free version of Coca-Cola, of Gatorade. So Aquafina water, they have Frito-Lays. See, this is where I like Pepsi. And that's why I like Pepsi as an investment better than I like Coca-Cola. It's not the drinks. It's the Lay's, the Ruffles, the Doritos, the Cheetos. Cheetos I don't understand. But if you go into a store now, you'll see, and again, you'll see all Coca-Cola products, all Pepsi products. And the Cheetos now, they're making them like nuclear-flavored. It's like if you touch your eye with a Cheeto dust, you you might lose it. Now, now, I'm probably embellishing that, but it's extreme flavors. And you know who likes extreme flavors? Millennials. Because they're stupid. It can be tricked easily. It's an awful, horrible Cheeto, but we're calling it nuclear flavored. And they're like, ooh, it's nuclear flavored. I'll go for that. So not only does Pepsi make Lay's, Ruffles, Doritos, and Cheetos, but they also make... Um, Rice Aroni. And for the record, Rice Aroni, not a San Francisco treat. But it was a great ad campaign, wasn't it? Rice Aroni. That San Francisco treat. I should serve Rice Aroni anytime someone comes from out of state and go, it's a San Francisco treat, don't you know? So Pepsi products are also located in two hundred plus companies. They've got bottling plants and distribution facilities. Something that Coca-Cola really distanced themselves from. So they're different companies. I like both. It's literally the their cheerleader sister who's hot and beautiful and sexy and friendly and popular and everyone likes her. Or it's the scientist sister with glasses and when she takes them off, she looks like she's coming down the stairs in a John Hughes movie. Like, you've been hot this whole time and you've been hiding behind those glasses and baggy sweaters. I like both companies. I like both companies. If I had to pick one, I'm going with Pepsi. So, in the first round, who did we go with? Nike versus Adidas. Adidas! Adidas! I went with Nike. In round two... Coke versus Pepsi. I'm going with Pepsi. And you know what? There's no shame in your kids owning these companies. Because you know what? These companies were around when I was a kid's age. I don't know what your kid's age is, but I once was their age, I'm assuming. MasterCard versus Visa. Think about some of the great rivals of all time. And you can find some great investments. We'll talk a little bit more. Did someone do wisely by buying into McDonald's 30 years ago and skipping uh, Burger King? You betcha. We'll talk Investments, comparisons, what you're looking for, things that mean something to you. Dominance. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, stocks, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Do you remember being a little kid? I'm talking about comparing companies right now because the march madness and super bowls we love it as a nation we want winners and we want losers pretty adamant about it do you remember when you were a kid and star wars was coming out or return of the jedi was coming out and mcdonald's had glasses collect a set of all four i wouldn't mind i've done you a favor i've helped to get you to retirement i know that I, i'm well liked in the community when i die i want to, well when i die i want you to come to my house like um, that pay it forward movie And I want everyone carrying a candle, and I want it to, like, stretch all the way to San Francisco. I want it like, 20 miles of people. I know it's not asking for too much. Well, I'm alive, if I can get the key to the city, I'll take the key to the city. I want to see what it unlocks. But when you die, I want you to do me a favor. Is give me your Star Wars collectible cups. I would like a collection of all of those babies. Any of them. It could have been the Smurfs, when the Smurfs were hot. And, like, McDonald's would get in your mind. Like, you have to come this week. Otherwise, it'll be gone. Disney does the same thing with, like, we've pulled Cinderella out of the vault. We've digitally enhanced her, but for, she'll only be here for 99 days, and then we're going to lock her back up in the vault. I'm like, whoa, call the police. This is like that Brie Larson movie, Room. Where's the princess at? Right? So I hated Disney for that, but it's a good business model. <sighs> Anyhow, McDonald's against Burger King. I go back to my childhood, and I had a winner. Oddly enough... Is that the way I want to play this at this point in time? It's not bad. Going with your childhood gut, it's not bad. But I digress. Let's talk a little bit about McDonald's first. McDonald's serves billions of hamburgers. They've killed more cows. I'm gonna say they're the Germany of cows. Like, no! Internal editor on. They've they've slaughtered. <laughs> That's a great word, isn't it? Because it's actually what they're doing. They've slaughtered more cows than you would imagine. They've put a uh, They've built those golden arches on a lot of cow blood. That's all I'm going to say. Oddly enough, I'm a chicken guy. McDonald's has more than 37,000 restaurants serving burgers and fries in about 120 countries. Remember what Coca-Cola got 200 countries? McDonald's got 120. Did you know that up until like 19, maybe 2000, no two countries that had McDonald's had ever gone to war with each other? So all you had to do was for global peace was put up McDonald's. We didn't have to do that Nagasaki-Hiroshima thing. That was overkill. We could have just put a McDonald's in Japan. So what do you think of when you think of McDonald's? You think of Big Macs, Quarter Pounders, Chicken McNuggets. Of which, Netflix is great for ruining everything that you love. There's a show called Jay Ruins Everything. Adam Ruins Everything. And he'll teach about college admissions and things like that. He ruined. It's a fantastic show. Um, but Netflix is also good at, at destroying food. And like just debunking everything horribly. They, they did a special at McDonald's, and you'll never eat at McDonald's again. And how nuggets are made. There's four shapes of nuggets. I know you're saying wait 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 that's there's four shapes they only come in four shapes and that that still blows my mind so most outlets for mcdonald's are freestanding units but you've seen them get into some more creative places like um airports you know what i like about mcdonald's if i go to france and i'm just longing for home i've had enough of the "Oh, oh, oh i've had enough of the you go into a bistro and there's like a dog sitting next to you you're like why is there a dog sitting next to me? Isn't that unsanitary? No, no, no. We're French. We don't want to do it. So when you go to France and you get like you're a little homesick, you see the golden arches and you're kind of like, I know what I'm going to get. So to me, I'm a big fan of McDonald's as an investment. As the food goes, I wouldn't touch it. I'm a food snob. I, I will do it if I'm stuck in France. If I'm in India and like, I, I, I don't have a good palate. Like this sucks being, you know, I was the fifth kid and my mom, she loved all of us. But by the being the fifth boy... She's like, eat whatever you want. I'm not making special dinners. Like, go get whatever you want. So I'd go into the the pantry and I'd be like, ooh, donuts. So I never really got vegetables as a kid. And it sucks. Because you grow up and everyone's eating all these vegetables and quiches. And they're like, yummy. I'm like, I don't get it. So anyway, 90% of the restaurants are run by franchisees, which is a great business model if you can succeed at it. If you can sucker other people into doing the work for you. And you charge them for the food and you charge them, you know, maintenance fees. It's it's a good business, people. When you take a look at their sales, uh, you're talking about $22 billion a year. That's a lot of cows, right? So now, now when you go to Burger King, it's a little different. They're number three. Now, you know McDonald's is number one, but I had to use Burger King because it was my childhood thing. We were not a Wendy's family. We would never go to Wendy's. Just don't know why. Maybe it was the fries. Maybe it was the weird red-headed girl on the sign. She was like... um Children of the Corn, kind of weird, you know? I didn't trust it in any way, shape, or form. And I'm sticking with that story. So Burger King operates the number three behind McDonald's and Wendy's. They have 13,000 restaurants, not 30,000. I The Flame Broiled... I get it. I get it. That was good pitch for a long time. I got it. And you know, McDonald's is disgusting. It's it's done on a, a grill, and now it's all it's all process. It's not pro- it's processed food that goes through a process of, of warming it up. So burgers, chickens, salads, breakfast items, and they even compete with each other on breakfast items. And this is how you become a great investor: is you start thinking about this, like who's the best at this, who's the best at that, and then you see, like I told you, I won't. If you catch me at a McDonald's, I'll give you ten thousand dollars. I used to say, if you catch me in a Radio Shack, I'll give you $10,000. You catch me in a McDonald's, I'll give you $10,000. Now, you're not allowed to hit me on the head and drag me there. There are some rules to this. You're not allowed to win if your name's Daryl. There are rules. Um, Many of the eateries, and that's the best part about Burger King, is McDonald's fries were better than Burger King fries, right? So as an investor, this is something you can do with your kid this weekend. There's companies that you go out and buy one share of a company. Go out and buy them a share of uh, McDonald's. Burger King's owned by a bigger private equity firm, but they're doing great. Um, And some of the companies that I'm talking about, you know, you could look at Intel versus AMD, but that wasn't a good comparison because Intel did CPUs, AMD did GPUs. So you go AMD versus NVIDIA because they both do GPUs. But then AMD, you also have to know that they also do CPUs as well. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then you can look at the profit margins of GPUs, graphic processor units versus uh, CPUs, central processing, right? You can look at the profit margins. You can look at the how many are sold. You can look at the price to sales ratio, the price to earnings ratio, the profit margins, the gross margins. You can look at sales in foreign markets. You know, earlier when I did, I talked about Coca-Cola. I was surprised at how international their business is versus US. And again, we know, because we we keep hearing in the US, sales of Coca-Cola are on the decline. Cases sold last year, so, we know that there's going to be a growing thing in, in foreign markets, right? So, when it comes down to investing, I'm telling you, I'm going with McDonald's versus a Burger King versus a Wendy's versus even a, like a Chipotle. Did you know McDonald's owned Chipotle at one time, point in time and they spun it off for almost nothing? Big mistake. Chipotle had their food quality issues, which is never going to happen to McDonald's because nothing's fresh. <laughs> nothing, it, nothing can be tainted because it's all processed. They, they process all that out of it, right? Um, and I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. I'm being a jerk. So, But Boeing, Airbus, I'm going Boeing. McDonald's, Burger King, I'm going McDonald's. Coke, Pepsi, I'm going Pepsi. Um, Salesforce versus Oracle. There was a point in time where Oracle was going up against Siebel Systems. And what's interesting about this is Siebel would come out every day and say, we're better than Oracle. We're better than them. We got better databases. We got better. We got, we're better. We're better. And Oracle just outsold them. And sometimes it's like you, know, you hear boxers like, come on, man, let's fight enough with the small talk let's fight so there's something like that going on and you have to like just go with this um microsoft once was going up against apple and microsoft was like we're going to be a operating system company apple's like we're gonna be a hardware company uh we're gonna control everything at apple microsoft is like if you have a printer that was made in timbuktu which i don't know where on the map timbuktu is but it's somewhere right uh, if you've got a printer that was made in Timbuktu, it would work on Microsoft. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form, there was magical drivers that would like recognize it. Apple's like, you've got to use an Apple printer or one other one. kind of acted like a monopoly, except for they didn't sell enough their computers to act like a monopoly. They just had a very closed system. And Microsoft had the operating system, which we hate at Windows. And we're like, why is it $119 every time I get a new computer? Why can't I just have this for life? And then they had Microsoft Office and Outlook. So every time you bought a new computer, you basically gave microsoft like three hundred dollars 100 for the operating system and that drove companies like dell and Compaq and and gateway do you remember gateway with the, the cow prints on the boxes yeah see sometimes competition you do die this all comes from in my head there's a great book out there called the death of competition and uh it's by a guy last name Moore, m-o-o-r-e he's not the guy who did the gorilla game which was also another one talked about how companies have to get to this big and then they could Jump the chasm, cross the chasm. Um, but when you learn to compare companies, Walmart beat Kmart for a reason. Walmart went with a spoken hub delivery system for their stores. They went with computers for their stores. Kmart went 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 with fancy Yale degrees. They they went with the uh, the mind share, per se, the, the collegiate approach to retail. Walmart's like, I bet people buy cat litter on Sundays. So they stocked a cat litter section on Sundays and tampons on Tuesdays. There would be more people there because that's when you have to have it on a Tuesday. I don't know why, but it's Tuesday. Different approaches create success or failure. Winners and losers. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I've had a lot of insomnia recently, and it it got me to writing down some of my thoughts because a lot of good thoughts come to you when you're sleep-deprived. I didn't know the difference between the word deprived and depraved as a kid. And let's just say a seventh grade teacher set me straight when I said, I'm I'm depraved <laughs> she goes, I know you are. But the greatest of all time, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, I don't care. I don't care about sports. It, it, it does nothing for me at this point in time. Um, I enjoy game days. I enjoy going to sporting events. But if you think I, I, I live off that kind of stuff, I don't like Union Pacific versus Central Pacific. These were railroad competitors long before we had Coke versus Pepsi, long before we had, you know, GM versus Ford. GM and Ford fought so viciously with each other. Guess who won? (laughs) Toyota. They were focused on each other. And Toyota said, we'll come and take all the profits. Thank you. So at one point in time, the Union Pacific uh, Railroad in 1862 was building west. And they ran into the Central Pacific Railroad who was building west. And there was a lot of bad blood because they had different labor um, pacific used chinese immigrant labor union was staffed by irishmen they were building too fast a lot of people died i like the drama save the drama for Lorenzo Lama, but i do like the drama between boeing and airbus i do like the drama between hp and ibm it's fair to say that hp won then delt kind of took it from hp yeah you can kind of see how it goes right in 2006 hp finally passed ibm in terms of revenue and silicon valley obviously pretty important thomas watson salesman versus a scientist so thomas watson obviously with ibm and you could kind of see ibm was famous for having men in black suits that was their thing um Steve Jobs versus Bill Gates. You know, I just talked about Microsoft versus Apple. How about we just boil it down to the superhero Steve Jobs? At one point in time, he touched me and cured my hemorrhoids. We made him godlike. And Bill Gates, we turned into a a miser, an old man who wanted all of our money from Microsoft stuff. Turns out Bill Gates outlived Steve Jobs, and Bill Gates is probably the greatest giver of all time in the world with his Gates Foundation. And he even makes mistakes. He'll go back in history and tell you, like, at one point in time, I wanted to give birth control to everyone on the planet. That would solve all of our problems from food to poverty. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's the wrong approach. So he went back and he self-reflected. How about AT&T versus MCI? Do you remember MCI and then MCI bought WorldCom? Oh, it was fantastic. You don't remember a day where you would pick up the phone and long-distant calls were a thing? Your dad would freak out if you called someone for too long. My dad freaked out. I think I had a dad issue. <laughs> Just so you know. I think he had an issue. He had a son issue. Five was one too many. Four was fine. Five was one too many. But MCI wasn't a giant killer at first, but they slowly and, and surely set up a long-distance services via microwave towers, and they basically hired, MCI hired a lot of good engineers, where at t was the incumbent. They didn't have to work as hard. MCI took on headfirst a company that had... Basically, a monopoly, and how to break it up, you had to have the antitrust playbook, in my opinion. Now, again, I think a little competition is a great thing. I even go as far as DC comics versus Marvel comics, right? You could go with kids' movies. Do you like the How to Train Your Dragon? Is that DreamWorks? Or is it a Disney movie you want to watch with kids? So learn to embrace competition. Thomas Edison once had such a thing with Michael Tesla, long before Jordan and LeBron had beefs with each other. Thomas Edison electrocuted an elephant just to show the danger of the competitor's technology. Who doesn't love a guy who kills an elephant just to show the competitor is evil? So behind all the great rivalries, there's typically great leaders and great CEOs, executives, marketing plans, and we get kind of conned into a lot of this stuff. Visa versus MasterCard versus American Express. Do you remember the the 80s? Uh, do you know me? I'm Carl Malden. And it was like an American express commercial. You still remember it, right? It, it's still in your head. So don't think of rivalries just as like, this is the way I'm going to make money. Think of rivalries as this is, you know, you gotta, you gotta break it down and you got to deconstruct it and see who has the advantage. We can't imagine life without cell phones and the internet, but if tiny little MCI didn't challenge AT&T, a lot of innovation would not have come out. So competition breeds innovation. It's a good thing. And that's why we're worried about Facebook That's why we're worried about Apple. That's why we're worried about Google. You know, Google search is so dominant that, you know, Microsoft has like reward points. If you use their search engine, Uh, that's how pathetic Microsoft is. But they're at least a competitor. And actually, that works well for Google, because when Google gets brought up on antitrust, they're like, how many Microsoft back there? Take a look at them. They're, They're a competitor. They're not really a competitor. There's just enough competition. It's like. Apple makes 120 percent of the profit in cell phones. In all of cell phones, Apple makes 120 percent of the profits being made. Companies like Samsung lose money to compete with Apple. Now who do you want to pick as your shirts versus skins? I was like, please let me be a shirt I don't want to take my, my shirt off please t- please don't choose me for skins. I hate it hated it when I take my, my shirt off. Don't know why I think I had a shame issue, which I became a better investor when I turned 1920. When I I learned to put shame aside. So I was with girlfriends and I was like, I'm just going to keep my shirt on today. And when you learn to take it off and like dance around the room, you're you're like empowered. Same thing with investing. Shame is a bad, bad thing. Anyhow, back to Edison and Tesla and GE and George Westinghouse. Do you remember Westinghouse and the brand that was to become GE? Pittsburgh Titan, um, AT&T, MCI, Nike, Reebok. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, there's a ton of these, and you can always learn from them. So I highly recommend you pick up the book called Death of Competition because you can start seeing traits that work well. You're starting to see management. You're starting to see marketing plans. You're starting to see incumbency has its, its perks, but it also has things that we can go after. So Hertz versus Avis, which is the better car rental company? Wasn't Hertz the one that had OJ running through the airport trying to catch a plane and throw away a knife? Oh, no, no, he was just trying to catch a plane or catch a rental car or something, right? Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. You're not. Netscape versus Microsoft and much, much more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.